welcome to the end of 2020. Thank God. Finally. Welcome we to survived. the beginning. The beginning of our Game of the Year discussion for Press YYZ, your favorite Canadian gaming podcast. You can watch the show live on twitch.tv slash pressyyz every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern or listen to it on your own time on any podcast service you may consume your content on as well as on YouTube. Just go search Press YYZ, sub, bell, really appreciate it. Hell yeah. appreciate any way you choose to support us, including subscribing on Twitch using the free sub you get with Amazon Prime. But if you've got no loonies or toonies to toss, that's all good. We'll be here for you no matter what. And like I said, this is it. We made it through a year. We made it through the worst year I've ever lived through because we're all relatively young. Other than the fact that I got married as I get stink eye from my wife over there. Uh, <laughs> we're talking game of the year 2020. We're going to start with uh, some of our honorable mentions and then get into the list. We're going to segment this out into a couple of episodes to give us enough content to get us to the new year. And uh, we'll see how far we can get in this first hour. Uh, we're, we've each compiled the top five list that we're going to then put together. And based on where we put things in our top five, those will all add up with weird math thingies. And then we will have our Press YYZ Game of the Year. But first off, I just want to say, how's everyone doing? How was 2020? Is everyone ready for this year to be over? Yes. Yes, please. Yes. We, we do know that 2021 is not going to be any better for the first little while, right? At the unfortunately very, yeah. not. It, mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately. My parents we are going to get though. vaccinated real early, though, so I feel good oh. for them. Good. Oh, are they they are vulnerable or? Just I mean, no, just like because they're substantially older than me, you know, mathematically, they're going to get the <laughs> VIP treatment. Well, you know, we can talk about COVID vaccine VIPs at a later date because we got to get right into this game of the year content. So like I said, off the top, we've all made top five lists, but we've thrown some honorable mentions into the mix. I just want to make sure that we all kind of get to talk about everything that we've really enjoyed about 2020 when it comes to games. Um, I don't know how you guys want to do this. You want to go game by game, like each of us do one at a time, or you want one person to just do all of theirs all at once? Well, I think that's a little awkward considering some of us have more than others in the honorable mentions. So maybe we go one okay. person at a time, and if it appears on m multiple people's lists, then we've talked about it. Yeah. Okay, so you want me to just throw them all in there for now, or do we want to go one by one? Let's throw Somebody them all else in. say something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me start throwing those in. Uh, in the meantime, AJ, why don't you talk to us about the first game you've got in your honorable, your best of the rest for 2020? Yeah, so the the beginning of the year um, started out with a bit of a surprise, uh, and it's I think one of the first games that uh, a few of us actually played together uh, after the creation of this podcast, and that's uh, Call of Duty Warzone. Um, yeah, it uh, for for about like for. A month and a bit there, I guess. You know, I was playing a, a, a good portion of that and, you know, really enjoying it to the point where I used a gift card that I got at my birthday to purchase the the Battle Pass. And that's not something I've done for a while. Um, yeah, the... Uh, it It's... It's it's a good... It's the improvement Call of Duty needed, uh, for sure. And... Um, Seeing it, they didn't abandon it this year with the new Call of Duty game that came out um, is, is good to see, and they're continuing on with it rather than, you know, trying to reinvent the wheel year after year. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's one I've I spent some time in this year, and I kind of would have liked to have put more time into it, but Battle Royales just don't do it for me for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. That's fair. Mm. It's totally fair. Even after all your Apex Legend, Legends wins on that one stream <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, that whole one stream you forced me and Alex through when we got that one win where I got zero damage. I don't know. You sounded willing. Yeah, yeah. zero damage. I was willing. You avoided all damage, Mitch. Yeah, and you were, you know what? You were a great people shot at you so me and cozy could kill them it was great mm -hmm. basically i was your meat shield yeah All right. strategy aj you threw a ton of stuff in here for honorable mentions why don't you give us a couple more and then we'll move on to someone else yeah sure um okay so gears tactics uh oh, came great. out this year yeah. um and you know it, di it didn't quite hold my attention to see it through to the end and i didn't necessarily uh think it was revolutionary enough to uh make it onto you know my top five but um i i definitely did enjoy uh the the time that i spent with it um gears gears is kind of like perfectly made with its you know stop and pop shooting action to be an XCOM clone um unfortunately you know uh from what i understand like the the rest of the game that i i, I didn't play necessarily it um you know while while it was uh well, it well it is pretty good. Uh, in it, there's just not a lot of it necessarily, um, and you, you end up re resorting back to the same pun intended tactics over and over again. Um, there there wasn't a lot of depth, and there wasn't even that much girth uh, to it uh, necessarily. So um, while I, I we're never letting that joke die, are we? No, 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 no. The girth is forever. Yeah. Great. We're gonna have yeah. T-shirts that say yeah. "Girthy" one day, just like as an FYI. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Gears, Gears Tax, Tactics is a, a a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. It's just you know it just didn't quite revolutionize the the tactical nature of it. But it also uh, didn't need to because it's you know yeah like for a strategy game on Game Pass, it's pretty good. So, like, I think that's all it needed to be was pretty good, and I think it accomplished that well. And it still was, like, it, you know, for people who are a big fan of the Gears franchise and, like, likes the lore of it, if you're weird like me, um, there's a lot of, like, really cool things that you're like, oh, that's going to connect to that, and that's how that gets it happens in Gears 5. It's like, okay, this is this is cool, and it's kind of fan y but still, like, a really cool, interesting, different style of Gears game. And mm -hmm. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's not on my honorable mention, but honestly, thinking about it, it probably should be because it was a really good game. Yeah, it, it it was better than anybody anticipated. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see what happens when it comes to the Series X next year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it's already uh, on Alex the speak? Series X. Oh, is it on Series X already? It is. Yeah. Oh, okay. It well, was one of the screw me games. then, I guess. Yep. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I wasn't paying attention. Uh, speaking of your list, Alex, why don't you give us one of your honorable mentions? All right, I feel like all my honorable mentions are going to be slightly controversial on people being like, those are way too low. Um, I'll, go with yeah. the <laughs> I'll go with the first yeah. one on my list. Uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Oh, shit, got him. It's it, a, it made the list, at least. It's at least a it wonderful game. It is a great expansion on the Insomniac Spider-Man world that they set up back in 2018. Miles is a great character. And it's more Spider-Man. That's all it is, though. Like, I can't... 
the games that are on my list are so like i feel like are some of my favorite games ever now and have done things that are like i've never i've never experienced in a game where this does feel like more spider-man and also it feels like almost an extension of into the spider-verse which none of those are bad things let me tell you i just i think it's really good but that Spider-Verse skin is so good. It is. It's awesome. And playing like having the 12 FPS on it, um, so you like you animate, you move like Miles did in the movie is wonderful. And like there's so I mean the game did make me cry at one point. Like it is still a wonderful experience and it's probably one of the best launch titles ever, I think. I just think that some of the other games that had come out this year really did something special for me. But it didn't. That doesn't take away the fact that I really enjoyed Miles. Uh, I just realized we got into this so quickly. I forgot to introduce everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't really stop. need to. You know who we are, but and, you know, I feel like host Mitch. It, Sorry, go ahead, Cozy. I was just gonna say, if you're watching this episode by now, I feel like you know who each of us are. Like, if you're here, you're part of the club. You're part As of the well, press Odyssey club. This is a perfect introduction to our to who we are and our tastes by us going through our honorable mention list. So you know what? If you're yeah, it's, new, work, it's working out. Yeah. Remind Either me way. when we do part two that I forgot that in part one. Okay. <laughs> Will do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cozy, can you give me a, a game from your best of the rest of us? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll go in chronological order of the, the um, order in which like my games came out. So the first uh, honorable mention that I had for 2020 was Half-Life 2 Episodes 1 and 2. Uh, I've talked about this many times on the podcast about how I had this grand uh, aspiration to play through an entire video game series I'd never played through before every single month of the year. In January, that series was Half-Life. After getting through the entirety of the Half-Life series, I was like, ah, I don't think I need to keep doing this each and every month. That was pretty tiring. But I can't say that I didn't enjoy the Half-Life series during that period of time. And I can say that I especially enjoyed episodes one and two. I feel like those uh, two episodic expansions of the base Half-Life 2 experience really expanded upon everything that made the original Half-Life 2 great. They you know, made Alex, A-L-Y-X, a much more kind of prominent part of the experience. And I think featured, like playing through those games, it's like, I can totally see where experiences like Uncharted, Drake's Fortune and Uncharted 2 uh, Among Thieves sort of came out of this sort of like conversational two buddies going on an adventure throughout uncharted uh, territory talking amongst themselves you know exchanging banter and really kind of making you grow to love them as much as you grow to love the puzzles and firefights that you take them through no it's i'm the the funny thing is i'm looking at the best of the rest that we've all brought and i'm already seeing a trend to cozies where we all put games from this year for the most part and then i I definitely didn't yeah for the most part (laughs) Oh, <laughs> well, no, yours is about 50-50, actually. Either way, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when we get into those top five. Um, I'm going to quickly talk about one of mine, and that's actually one I put a bunch of time into today because I haven't put nearly enough time into it this year, and it's a travesty and should have made my top five had I put more time into it, and that's Hades. Bastard. Hades. How dare you? So, again, it's <laughs> just the case of this came out at a terrible time. Yeah. I mean, an amazing time because it came out the week I got married, but just a terrible time <laughs> for me to sit down and play video games. So it kind of got put in the backlog, and I picked it up again today. And I'm just like, 
Oh, this is really good. This is really, really, really good. The, the, um, the roguelite mechanics of it, it continually just trying to improve your character and the different pickups you get as you go through each run of the game. It's just, it's so well executed. I love it. I need to play more of it. All right, AJ, you have way too many, so we're going back to you for another one. Sorry, Nathan. That's fine. I only got a few. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, sure. Uh, speaking of tactics, um, Empire of Sin came out recently, um, and I've played a little bit more of it, uh, but then I got distracted by uh, Cyberpunk uh, when that came out. But um, it also feels like another uh, good one of those. Um, what I found with with it though for me is i'm not entirely sure so i like the tactical um nature of like the fighting and whatnot of you know hiding behind cover and choosing your actions and stuff you know very you know mild D D like stuff in, in that regard um what i don't necessarily care for uh is the everything outside of that like with say XCOM where you have to build your base up and you have to uh, kind of strategize you know oh what tech do you want to build and you don't necessarily know what each thing does and whatnot um, I kind of felt the same way with Empire of Sin in that um, you know you're 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 a gangster and you're running around um, Chicago basically and you know you got to try and take over these other buildings and then you gotta kind of micromanage those buildings and make sure they're staffed with the right people and you have to kind of uh, staff them, staff them with the right people and you have to make sure that, you know, if if another rival gang or whatever comes in to try and tries to take it over that you can stop it. It's, it's a lot of distraction from the part I actually enjoy of, of the tactic. Uh, like strategy games, so that's just me. Yeah, Nathan, I've kept you waiting. Please regale us um, about something you've got here because they're both great, apparently. So, so uh, I'll just start off with the one I had no idea about till I got a review code for it, and when I got the review code, I was like, really? Uh, but it's called Pixel Puzzle Makeout League. And that name completely turned me off until I started playing it. And then I realized it's a brilliant pixel cross game that's a superhero sci-fi dating sim um, with a narrative that isn't doesn't quite hit Undertale levels, but yet has this super strong narrative throughout it uh, and really ties at the end what I didn't know how it was going to do it and nailed the landing better than I've seen any game all year. So that's just I mean with, with, with how you've spoken about this game all year I'm not surprised it's here uh, I'm just surprised that they came up with a name like that and thought it would sell well yeah that's the biggest disappointing part I'm sure nobody's like with the amount of love and effort that was put into it um, I'm sure it has not sold well because it's a terrible name um, yeah like um, I'm, I'm curious for Cozy to eventually get to play it and hear his thoughts on uh, it when he gets a chance. Like, I'll probably finally get around to playing it tomorrow, which, oh, really? okay. for those of you who are watching this out of time, out of place, is well, going to be December will, yeah, 22nd. Be dated by the time we get back to you guys live, because we are pre-recording these Game of the Year episodes, too. Yeah, but by, by the time that... Enjoy the season. 
by the time that you get back to watching an episode of us doing this live, I'll have like entirely beaten it and platinumed it. Actually, it's on the Switch, so I can't yeah. platinum it. I but wish it was you get the idea. It's all Koji's oh, yeah. going to talk about when we come back I, in the New Year's. Like, legitimately, if I love this game, this is going to be the kind of game where I will play to completion on the Switch, and then I'll just play to completion again on the PS5. So, Get that platinum. Hell yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of Platinums, the first Platinum I got on the PS5 makes my honorable mentions, and that's Astro's Playroom. Because, oh my god, is that little tech demo that could really, really good on the PS5. It They've built a, a really well-rounded, like, you know, display piece to what this new technology can really do. And I loved it. And I'm kind of disappointed it was what it was. I wish that we could get more of that really a fully flushed out um astro game with all of these mechanics built into it i hope it's something that japan studio and sony interactive are going to look into because of how well received astro's playroom has been it's something i did not want to stop playing and only stopped because i got that platinum trophy <laughs> nathan cozy i uh i know you've played it i think alex has played it as well yeah. any thoughts there on astro or do we want to save it for the top five in case it's in there i'll save my thoughts yeah let's save it um, I thought it was, you know, a wonderful little tech demo, like you said. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was a great showcase of what the DualSense could, you know, in a perfect world, what it could do. Um, and I just, honestly, I just wish it was kind of a full game, because, like, I, it really left me wanting more, because it was, like, one of the most immersive experiences I had, um, just, like, with the controller alone. I really hope that ends up being the case because if, like I said, while well, you had your headphones off, with how well received this game was, there's no reason that it shouldn't be on it, at least on uh, Sony Interactive's radar to go and make a fully fledged Astro platformer. That is not just VR because I know Astro's uh, Astrobot Rescue Mission is one of my favorite VR titles ever. I still have to finish it, but it was phenomenal, and I'm glad everyone now is getting to appreciate what what Nathan uh, you played it. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so something that we that we I don't Cozy, did you play Astro? Yeah. Oh yeah. Astro Astrobot Rescue Mission. Oh. Shit. Sorry, this is a problem is that the names of the three Astro games are all super similar to each other. Uh no. Astro's Playroom because there was the Playroom, then there was Astrobot Rescue Mission, and then there was Astro's Playroom. And it's like you're just like mixing and matching uh letters and words here. Astrobots in it. It the playroom just it. is called the playroom, even though it has Astrobots, but it's not Astrobot. Yeah. Like okay. the one that's the hero. They're just like... It has the right. bots, but then Astro is the hero of the... It's confusing, but yeah, no. Like, the VR game was really, really well done. Had a lot of these same sort of quirks of, if you're not looking in every nook and cranny, you're going to miss some surprise, some secret, mm -hmm. some collectible. And I think Astro's playroom did that very well, and I cannot wait to see this be fully fleshed out into a full 3D platformer, yeah. and at that point could be a legitimate game of the year contender. Can't disagree Cozy? With that. Yeah. Start your next best of the rest? Yeah, so let's talk about my second runner-up for 2020, and it is God of War 2018. Um, so earlier today, some miscreant on Twitter said hey you know what i think that god of war 2018 is severely overrated and i don't agree with that take but i did respond by saying i think that god of war 2018 is a good game but i think that in time 
you know, depending on the passage of events, we could come to regard God of War 2018 in the same way that we regard God of War 2005, in the sense that we all agree it's nothing less than great, but there are aspects about its experience that were not executed as well uh, over the course of it as they could have been that were just executed way better, better in sequels. I talked about when I played God of War 2018 on this podcast about how I wasn't a super huge fan of like the user interface, for example. I wasn't a super huge fan of how drawn out certain sequences were. And it's one of those things where I think God of War Ragnarok or whatever it's going to be called has the potential to, I think, do those aspects uh, way, 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 way better. And I think that if it does that, like, again, I think that we will look back on God of War 2018 as, don't get me wrong, still a great game, but a game where at the time we didn't realize, oh, you could actually improve on these things and you could actually do these things a little bit uh, more on point. Hindsight yeah, is no, 2020. I think, I think that's definitely fair to say that they kind of went outside of their typical comfort zone and delivered something very unique, and hopefully they can do that again with, uh, with the sequel as it comes. Uh, speaking of a studio doing something different and unique. Alex, you want to give us your next best of the rest? Is this, I mean, uh, controversial. It's definitely again. different. It's different in aesthetic and, uh, and okay, uh, my game, my second game is Ghost of Tsushima. Just instead of beating around the bush, I might as well just say it because I know that I'm going to get a lot of flack for this um, because people really liked Ghost of Tsushima a lot. And yeah, I don't deny that it's not fantastic it is a beautiful experience it's a really zen experience it's something that a lot of open world games tend to lack of just like quiet and calm and let you like think and enjoy the environments that these artists have taken a lot of time to craft um and i think it's i think it's a great open world and especially comparing it to having been playing a lot of assassin's creed valhalla Ghost of Tsushima is infinitely, like, it is the Assassin's Creed of Japan, but also done really, really well. Or about yeah, this, this is the, this is the samurai Assassin's Creed game people have yeah. been wanting for years, yeah. but executed on a whole other level specific to this one platform, right? Yeah. I just, yeah. for me personally, the reason why I don't think it hits the, the top five, especially, I mean, besides the fact that I just, there were other games that I enjoyed more, um, I just think that it really... And I think this is something that people really liked about it. It's really gamified in a lot of its mechanics right. and the way that it presents itself. It It's not a shame that it is a game, and I think that is a good thing to a certain extent. But also I think it kind of, at points, goes a little bit too far in that direction. Like, just the amount of busy work that mm. there is in the game sometimes is a little bit too much to the point where, you know, I, it's not a difficult platinum, but I just was like, there's too much here, and I kind of want to go play something else because the story was so interesting i was invested till the end but once i got to the end the mechanics alone weren't enough to hold me and to be fair i haven't played the um the multiplayer, multiplayer. mode yeah so maybe, maybe i i'm going to make yeah. it a point to play that with you over the holidays because i'll talk about it in a bit or okay. on another episode fair depending enough. on how far we get tonight fair enough but yeah I, right. I think it's wonderful uh, it's a good game right, cool. good job uh, aj you want to quickly give us the next couple on your list yeah, sure. Um, so I'm going a little bit out of order in terms of what I, I wrote down, but 
Um, okay. A couple of old old games that um, that I played this year that I found a lot of comfort in, uh, especially in times <laughs> when we were all locked down and couldn't exactly do anything. Like right now? Like right now? Uh, like is what is about to happen? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so those two games that I uh, that I kind of picked back up and started playing again were both Minecraft and No Man's Sky. Um, now, my, Minecraft has been kind of quietly updating uh, itself, um, out of, uh, kind of like out of the public uh, presence in in some ways. The, like the mainstream media has sort of like lost touch with with Minecraft in general. Um, but I, I definitely find a lot of comfort in. Uh, just the, not, not the, in, in the survival creation aspect of it. Um, it's, it's actually one of the only game that I can, um, actually listen to a podcast and actively play at the same time. Um, because I find any other game that somebody calls a podcast game, um, meaning that they can, you know, they, they put a podcast on in the background while they do side missions or something. I find I'm not actually listening to the podcast where in Minecraft, um, especially the way that I build would build my own bases and stuff. Um, it's, it's almost like, like, like doing a set of chores. Um, you know, you, you harvest, you harvest the crops that you planted. You, you, you're gonna, Oh, Hey, you know what? To, next time I'm gonna go go dig out this other mine over here or something or I'm gonna I'm gonna stack these blocks this way it's just kind of like very cathartic uh, very cathartic tedium um, that allows me my brain to multitask uh, in in some ways um, and then the other one I mentioned uh, no man's sky it um, it released another big update this year um, and it got me to put my PSVR headset back on which uh, was amazing. And then when I built my computer, I started a new save file there because it was on uh, PC Game Pass and played another 20 hours of it there. Um, so yeah, there, there, there's definitely something comforting about those. And especially in a year where we couldn't exactly go anywhere, um, some sort of like open world exploratory uh, game like a Minecraft um, or where, where there's something new around every corner or like a no man's sky where you're like, you can literally get off this fucking planet and find something else to do somewhere else. Um, it, it's actually very cathartic for me personally. So. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Um, something very cathartic to me this year was actually Fuser when that came out from harmonics. Um, I didn't realize how much I missed rhythm games until I started playing Fuser because just the ability to mix four tracks and create your own instrumental tracks and like there's so much to that game it's just it's 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 comforting in a year where things have been kind of crazy to kind of come home to to rhythm games where funny enough my old screen name on like PSN and all that stuff originated from Guitar Hero and I've since updated that to match all my other branding, but like rhythm games really do hold a special place for me. So this was kind of like comfort food in a year where comfort food was very important to me. Um, Nathan, you want to tell us about the second game you've brought to us on this best of the rest of us? Yeah. Um, uh, Devolver Digital had a pretty solid year this year with uh, some hits. 
Um, I, right now, I've got two of my, uh, like one on my main list, uh, but I want to talk about Carrion right now because I think Carrion's one of those underrated gems, which I don't think got enough play this year. Um, it was available on Switch, and I believe came free to Game Pass. Is that correct? Yeah. It, it is one. in game. I played it on Game Pass for PC, yeah. and I cannot agree with you anymore. This game was so good. Yeah, it, it's a Metroidvania in like the loosest way a Metroidvania can be because while it plays like one, there's no collect, like there's very few collectibles. There's a few hidden around, but it's not like I've played with other games like Axiom Verge or like legit Metroids or Castlevanias where there's stuff in all over the place. There's very little hidden, but it's just such a interesting thing where you're playing as the blob in a horror movie and literally slopping around a screen, um, e eating and attacking people and uh, making yourself bigger and getting upgrades to like increase your mass and you get more skills and become deadlier as you go through this facility that held you. So I, I just think it was a special little game. Didn't doesn't take long to beat. I want to say like five hours maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think I did it over two streams at twitch.tv slash Mr. Mitch George. So uh, the biggest issue is it never had a map, but for me it felt pretty linear. And that's why I don't think it's a huge Metroidvania. You can go back for this stuff. You don't need to go back for it, but it pretty much follows one straight path throughout the it, game. It, it, it doesn't give you a lot of hint as to what to do, though. Yeah. So, like, I did find myself getting lost a couple of times, but that was more so me uh, just taking a break and coming back and be like, what was I doing again? Yeah. And if there had been some sort of objective or, or map markers or something, that would have, for me, put it over the top. But I know that may not be the case for everybody. Yeah. But you know, I think it's a it's it's a pretty cool game. I, yeah, I know Mitch, you played it. Alex, you played it too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I played it and I thoroughly did enjoy it. I didn't finish it just because I got distracted by the time that it came out. Um, but yeah, like I got pretty close, and just every time you got a new upgrade, they always let you like whenever you got a new upgrade, new way of destroying people. They always give you like a bunch of like the random scientists that can't fight back and really lets you like it was it's a really great power fantasy game yeah. in like the best sense of the word. Yeah. Alright, we're running a little long in here, so Alex, I wanna need a few words on uh, on your last game, then Cozy, you and me will go together and then we'll sure. wrap it up with AJ and then move on to the top five. So All right. Alex, please go ahead. Mitch, you mentioned comfort food. There's nothing more comforting than Call of Duty because it's always there. And Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, dumb name is is a wonderful first person shooter like when it comes to having a brand new next generation piece of hardware i tend to find that racing games and first person shooters are the absolute best showcase of that hardware and i think call of duty black ops cold war was kind of that itch that i needed to scratch and it's awesome i really have a special place in my heart for the black ops games specifically the first two and this one really does do justice by the first game it does really cool things that I've never seen in a Call of Duty game before. Like some of the mission structures are very like just interesting and cool. My like biggest ones are there's one that is that feels like it's straight out of an arcane game, and there's one that is basically the Stanley Parable, but in Call of Duty. It's awesome. And I just think I, I just think that like it's I don't think if you're only playing it for the single player, it's definitely not worth buying. But if you are even remotely interested in the multiplayer, the zombies is incredible. Like, it's just, it's Call of Duty, but it feels like almost a return to form for Call of Duty. I know that's what kind of Modern Warfare was last year, but this is also just like, I feel like this is even more so with just how fast the, the gunplay is. And it's Call of Duty, but it's, that's not a bad thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
moving on with no transition. Cozy, you and I have the only overlap on the best of the rest of us list. Yes. And that's a little ditty called Bug Snacks. Please Ooh. go ahead. I mean, yeah, we talked a lot about this <laughs> leading up to this episode. Bug Snacks is a great time. Uh, I think Young Horses has really proven itself as a developer worthy of recognition and also a developer that's capable of just you know, balancing a lot of different styles of games. What's impressive about Bug Snacks is not only is it a, you know, great little puzzle game in the style of experiences like Pokemon Snap, but it's also a great pseudo persona game in the sense that you have a kind of wide cast of incredibly memorable characters that you're getting to know over time and really become familiar and, uh, I'm looking for, uh, I was about to say indoctrinated too, but uh, I don't really know if that's the right word. You, you really become uh, enamored. Enamored. There we go. Mitch, thank you so I got much. You. Enamored too. And yeah, it, I just, the thing that prevents Bug Snacks from being in my top five is that there are a few moments in the experience where I'm like, I just wish this game had a bit of a bigger budget. I just wish that maybe a little bit of extra time was spent kind of polishing this one aspect so it didn't remind me of some of the worst boss battles in Super Mario Sunshine, but otherwise, great game. Yeah, I echo everything you said and cannot wait to see what Young Horses does next or does with this franchise. Octodad 2. I, I fully loved what I got out of Bugsnacks. Alright, AJ, let's wrap it up with a game we've been talking about for most of this year. Yeah, well... A game that I've been talking about for most of this year. Um, we had a guest on. We had, for yeah. This game. We've been talking yeah, about it a did. lot. Yeah, we did. We we did. Um, yeah. So if if you're new to the podcast, um, I have a personal friend uh, who, you know, I, I grew up with, and uh, he makes video games now as a grown up. Um, and he just recently uh, released now a, a little game called uh, Airborne Kingdom with. Um, uh, him and uh, his uh, band of of uh, game developers um, that he rescued from Visceral Games when uh, just before that collapsed. Um, yeah, so uh, Airborne Kingdom is a, a bit of a interesting take on a city builder, um, and I put it in my honorable mentions mostly because I've played a good chunk of it. Uh, since, like before it came out um and you know i ha i have uh the personal friend aspect of it but i also didn't necessarily feel comfortable ranking something that i am kind of so closely tied to um it's also only been out what a week it's only Not been out week. a week at this point um like like the 1.0 release of it um but mostly the 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 ethics of you know, hey, I'm gonna. This is the, one of the best. Like, I th I think it. You, you know, if you I sank didn't some more, like it was nepotism, basically. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't exactly want to go down that road um, necessarily, so but I, will, I do I think will, it deserves an honorable mention from me yeah, for sure. I will. I will say briefly for anyone who's listening to this near when it goes up, the game is on sale on the Epic Game Store. There's a launch discount plus right now with Epic's holiday sale. You get coupons for every purchase which is kind of crazy mm -hmm. um so it is epic game store exclusive on the pc i went out i did buy it myself i look forward to putting in some time with it over the holiday break and coming back with thoughts on it in the new year yeah but i think with that we can wrap up the best of the rest of us and move right into this top five sweet Ooh. so nathan i know we we didn't give you enough love or i mean i guess you just didn't bring enough games to that last bit so let's <laughs> let you go first and talk all about your number five pick sackboy a big adventure 
Yeah, um, Sackboy Big Adventure, I really liked it. We just talked about it recently on the podcast. Uh, I'm close to 100%ing all the single-player content with the exception of one jerk level thing that I've got to do, which I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it or not. Um, but it's just a really fun 3D platformer in the veins of Mario 3D World that I actually think is better than Mario 3D World. Um, it, it's fun to play, unique levels. I love the design. I've always loved Little Big Planet. Uh, my concern was... I did not love Little Big Planet 3 as much, which Sumo Digital made the same company that made this. So that's kind of what worried me about Sackboy when it was initially announced. Um, but they really took their own, um, made it their own, this game. Uh, none of the bugs that were present in Little Big Planet 3, and there were a bunch of them, um, are here. Uh, at the same time, too, they removed all the creative level stuff. So it's all very. Um, Streamlined. Yeah, streamlined, just easy to play, fun to play, great story, um, like really unique level design. The music levels are amazing. Um, they've got licensed music tracks throughout the game, and they kind of go with the levels. So like different music beats will pop up at certain points as you play through the levels. Um, the first one you encounter in the first area is um, Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars and Mark Ronson. Is that right? Mark Ronson, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I know. It's just, it's really solid. Um, a great little platformer, and I think it's, pro well, of the PlayStation 5 launch games, I think they had a really stellar launch uh, with their exclusive titles, and I think this just builds that case for it. Cool. Yeah, so that'll put Sackboy at number five. And Nathan, it's number one on our list. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. Because Woo. the list is going to automatically generate as we add more games to it. So it'll undoubtedly get pushed down because I think you're the only one to, one of us to have played it. But at least for now, Nathan, Sackboy is our game of the year. Oh, wow. Well, you know what? We should just stop right <laughs> so now. So should we just stop the show now? Podcast over. Yeah, that's what I figured. Cozy, you want to give us number five? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's go ahead and do that. Uh, my number five is Astro's Playroom. This is a game uh, we've already talked about a little bit beforehand. I mean... To be honest, I think that a huge component in me choosing Astro's Playroom uh, as one of my top five games was its length. I've gone on a couple of tirades this year about how I was disappointed by the overly long nature of some of the games that we played in 2020. And we as a result... You felt about the end of The Last of Us Part Two. We, we didn't need to say its name. We didn't need to say its name. Uh, sure it's going to come coming. up. Don't worry. And <laughs> so, yeah, in that regards, um, I, I really loved just how kind of in and out Astro's playroom was you know it didn't linger any longer than it needed to it just provided a short and sweet incredibly polished platforming experience that I had a great amount of fun playing through and I hope that they just re-release it at some point so I can platinum it again <laughs> yeah I think with as much as we've already talked about it if they did a full-fledged sequel or full platformer to this we're all in they can just do like Astro's Playroom Game of the Year edition. Do make it like that Witcher edition that had a, its own separate trophy list. All right. Speaking of trophy lists, Alex, you want to bring in your number five? Ooh. So you you said it. My number five is The Last of Us Part Two. Well, here we go. Disgusting. <laughs> so The Last of Us Part Two is you know it is not a masterpiece. It's a I think. Uh, to quote Mr. TJ uh, Private Jeebus, it's a flawed masterpiece. I think it is 
the technical achievement that that game was is incredible like no denying it and the storytelling risks the performance especially by laura bailey is incredible there's so much good but i just i love the game i do i platinumed it in the first like three days of owning it um i made a documentary about one of the people who worked on it like this game has affected me on so many different levels on all aspects of my life but i also think it is kind of i also firmly believe that it didn't need to exist i think the first game story wrapped up in such an interest or like such a wonderful way that i don't think that even though i love the story that they did tell i don't think it was necessary and that's why it is as low on the list as it is but i still think it's such an achievement of a piece of art all right aj we've talked about your number five a bit at length but i want you to go a little more in depth as to why bug snacks is in at number five on your list of games of the year yeah um so i don't know maybe part of it for me um because I technically had to pay for it where you guys got it with PlayStation Plus um, because I do not have a PS5 yet. I bought it on the Epic Game Store um, on my PC. It runs beautifully. Um, I think I think I part of, there's some something subconscious in in the back of my head felt obligated like no, you know what? No, I I spent money on this because I wanted to and I want to justify it in some some way, shape, or form. I, I kind of echo everything you guys um, said about it. Um, my my I think the thing that I appreciate about it the most is it's you know my girlfriend has almost has listened to almost every single one of our podcasts uh, here, and it's continuously like the one game that she would bring up to me this year and i think it's it's something that um we both uh got a kick out of spending the the time together that we get to this year and you know it's a good way to distract yourself this year of all years uh just let go uh catch some bungers and have a good time yeah, um, I'm going to quickly transition into my number five game of the year, and it is sort of in the same vein of yours of the pick up and play, quick, like having a quick, something to just quickly get into and not feel overly encumbered by having to spend a lot of time in. And that's actually Clubhouse Games on the Switch. What? Uh, I didn't talk about this one too much this year, but I have put probably, if I had my Switch, honey, can you pass me my Switch, please? Can can you quickly just please? Maybe. Don't you have the 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 app connected to your phone with the time spent or the? Does that show you the time spent? Yeah, I think oh, the app on your phone does. That's okay. Um, yeah. I've Only spent you a lot of time. On... Yeah, I I set those on. I don't have any kids. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in clubhouse games this year. I've spent. I uh, will get into it in a second. Um, I have spent almost sixty hours in this game. Goodness since it came out and it's just because it is a pick up and play i want to play some card games or i want to play uh some chinese checkers or i want to play whatever the case might be war 
slot cars. It's just, it's these little bite-sized experiences that it's great to just, I've got five minutes between meetings and I can play a game of president and it's great. And I love it. And for that reason, it's in at number five on my game of the year list. <laughs> Nathan, you want to hit us with number four? Uh, no. uh, actually, let me check the time. Yeah, I think we got enough time to do number four before we wrap up this episode. Uh, Hell yeah. So, so number four, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2. Um, I used to play Tony Hawk uh, when I was, I don't want to say teenager because it was not when I was a teenager, when I was a young adult in my early 20s, <laughs> uh, considerably. Um, I got really good at it, especially by the time Underground came around. Um, unfortunately, they dropped the ball after Underground um, uh, in terms of Activision. And really stopped putting out quality Tony Hawk games, so I stopped playing. Um, I tried the, uh, I think it was Tony Hawk HD, which came out, Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD for the PS3, and it was a terrible mess. And they released Tony Hawk 5, which was more of a terrible mess. So I was like, the series is dead, and it's never coming back. And then Activision out of nowhere this year, it was like, we're bringing Tony Hawk back. Um, and it's been done but by, actually for real yeah for real it's been done by but vicarious actually it'll be good this time we promise well and what gave me hope was it was being done by vicarious visions um they did the crash remakes right yes yes so i, I think toys for bob toys for bob did the spyro yeah. and then did crash it's about time yeah so um i actually don't think the crash games are good um at all but they did the best remake of bad games that they could um, so I was very comfortable with them doing um, Tony Hawk. Um, and they nailed it out of the park. Like, they knocked it out of the park. It's just, it's a great experience from beginning to end. The skaters have aged up, so they've got all the original skaters back, but they're their current age um, in the game, as well as a ton of new skaters. It's got great customization to it. Uh, the courses from both Tony Hawk 1 and 2 are, like, beautifully realized the uh, street art in venice um the graffiti in all over venice beach is just amazing um the way this i can't speak highly enough of it i put a ton of hours into it this game i'm close to the platinum there's a few challenges which i just don't think i'm gonna be able to do because they are stupid the gaps that you have to hit in order to do it i was really on track for it but i've just been held back by that i still might try and do it um but yeah no it's just a wonderful game everybody should play it is there is anyone other than me already looking at their top five list saying oh god i forgot this thing and it should totally be here i i mean i'm still kind of jumbling things in my head but like i'm committed to my number five at this point yeah same here i might i actually when we come back around to me i'm making a change to my number five oh those games gonna get kicked to honorable mentions oh damn but we'll oh, keep going shit. Right, you want me to just do it now i can do it now okay do it now, do it now? yeah let's do, do it now, now. don't leave us hanging do it live Clubhouse games, I loved Clubhouse games. It, like I said, I put almost 60 hours into it this year. It's a phenomenal game if you're just looking for small, bite-sized pick-up-and-play experiences. My number five is actually, I'm with Alex, and it's going to be The Last of Us Part Two. Ooh! Um, many of the same reasons, but ultimately the other game, I love this game. I think it is a masterpiece, regardless of the issues people have with it. Just these other games on this list this year were much more indicative of how I felt about 2020. So my number four is actually going to be a little game that we all, for the most part, just fell in love with, even though it didn't come out this year. And that's Among Us. I still haven't so played it. You need to play this game. I swear to God, we are playing it over the holidays. <laughs> I promise has. you this. My wife doesn't play video games. And this past weekend, she started playing Among Us with us. Oh, I, I got it on the Switch. It's on the iPad. It's, it's everywhere. Pass, Everyone like is Nathan playing said. this damn game. 
There's literally and no excuse anymore. It has taken over the internet. It has taken over families and friends and gatherings. In, the, in a year like 2020 where we're all having to keep apart, a game like Among Us or other g- multiplayer games that I'm sure are going to come up on this list, looking at Nathan, mm-hmm. um, have really done a good job of bringing people together this year. And that's why looking at my list, I'm like, there's not enough multiplayer here. Because <laughs> I'm not a multiplayer guy. I've never been a multiplayer gamer. But for whatever reason, games like Among Us, like Fall Guys, even to an extent like some of these other Battle Royales have gotten me, or actually Ghost of Tsushima's multiplayer, PGA Tour 2K21, for God's sake. Like, there's been a lot of games I've gotten into because I've had friends to play with, and they've made my year better in a year that has been hard to stomach because of how shitty the world has been. And Among Us, for me, is the best multiplayer game I've played this year, and that's why I needed Among Us to be on my top five. Cozy, you want to give us your number four? Sure. I do want to mention, I almost considered putting Among Us in my best of the rest for this year as well. Uh, In my case, though, I decided I just didn't feel comfortable doing so because admittedly I've not played that much Among Us in 2020. Uh, But I really am hoping to... more over the holidays, I swear. Yeah, of course. We're going to play more over the holidays. And of course, I'm going to play plenty more in 2021. Uh, Let's get to my fourth, however. Uh, my fourth for the year of 2021 is 2020 from 2020. The numbers are hard is I also want this year to, by the way, Mitch, I need you to actually unveil what the game is because I actually don't remember. (laughs) I I know what five games I selected, but I don't remember what order they were in. So uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order for those who can't see the. Yeah, because we're we're currently relying on this document where Mitch is like revealing the games in the order in which we talk about them. But yeah, I, yes, I need a little bit of extra prompt. Copying and pasting into an Excel spreadsheet. I mean, come on, Mitch! <laughs> it's the magic of streaming. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to pull back. All the right, curtain. all right, go ahead, Cozy. Tell us about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Came out in 2019. It's not technically a 2020 game. But it is a game that I played predominantly in 2020. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit on the Cyberpunk 2077 episode. It's kind of good that I played it at the time that I played it because when it came out, one of the big criticisms of it is that it was pretty buggy and in some cases real disappointing for some people. And when I picked it up in March, it was for the most part, relatively bug-free. I still did encounter some weird graphical and gameplay oddities when I played it, but it it felt, for the most part, like a very different experience from the experience that some of its more dour detractors described as being back when it came out in 2019. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this game is a fantastic uh, Star Wars uh, pre-episode 4 story that features some great like gameplay moments that are super evocative of Metroid Prime, which is always a plus in my book. And I am really, really looking forward to where uh, Respawn Entertainment takes the story of Cal Kestis next. Man, I'm so excited for him to show up in The Mandalorian. Honestly, I don't (laughs) think that's a bad call. The actor could be aged up. It could work. Yeah. Hey, we'll see. We'll find out. But uh, hold on. Uh, I know know we're... I know we're pressed for time. I just want to ask uh, Time Zero very quickly. Did you play any more of this game since we last spoke about it? Um, you know what? I'm good. I'm just going to jump in here um, and say uh, I need to pull a Mitch and remove Bug Snacks and <gasps> and swap Ooh. it for uh, and swap my number five place for Jedi Fallen Order because 
you know, what? I, I didn't think too much of it um, until until you said it. Like I remember, so I I bought it on I got it on Stadia and I was playing it on Stadia and I was enjoying it and then uh, I forget what got in the way. Uh, was it was a cyberpunk? Probably. It was probably cyberpunk. Probably. Yeah, I think I just wanted to play cyberpunk at the time, um, and but you know what? Yeah, I think I think it deserves to be on my top five more than Bug Snacks does. Um, wow. I echo the wow. things that that you said. Um, I think I think it's very good. It, it it's um, you know I had to bump the difficulty down, and I'm enjoying it more the little bit I played. Uh, I was playing on hard um, instead mm -hmm. of normal whatever yeah the difference is um but yeah i i'm enjoying it more now than um than i was and it's yeah I, i'm yeah. glad to hear we that are, we are running close do to what we said as a limit top, for ourselves let's quickly do, aj yeah. can you get to your number four for me please? uh yeah i can i'm gonna put animal crossing at number four what i know i know um the the month and a half that we all played uh, with our nips and communicated and everything was a, a quite a glorious time for this game. Um, I fell off because I do not enjoy the daily the daily check-in um, aspect of it. Um, especially in like, I never had a good vision of what I wanted my island to look at. And then I'd see other islands and get discouraged. And it's just like, you know what? I I just got done with it. And I, I enjoyed my time with with animal crossing um but i i also can't deny that especially this year we we needed animal crossing more than ever cannot agree with you more i think nathan alex you guys can echo those sentiments as well and i'm sure we're going to talk about this one in a bit with the two three four hundred hours nathan put into it it's much higher than that actually i'm asking yeah. for myself. It's a rookie number <laughs> So I can clarify that number. Well, I think we'll have time. I think we'll have time as we take a break between these shows to for you to grab that number for us. Oh, perfect. Yeah. All right, Alex, can you hit us with your number four, and then we can wrap up this All right, edition my, of Press YYZ. My number four is one that I know for sure I am the only one to have played, but I think it is, it's the best VR game, full stop. It's Half Life Alex. Half Life Alex is, it's a game that can only be made by a company, that doesn't care about making money because they have an unlimited money-making machine with steam like this game is so in-depth with what you can interact with and how it tells its story in vr it's just it is a revolution for vr that i don't know if it can be replicated because other companies aren't valve like just valve is valve is incredible at what they do they really are like the Pixar of video games are used to be uh, the Blizzard, like the company that will take as much time as they possibly want with it until it, like they believe it is absolutely like this is the best possible version of this thing. And I think Half-Life Alex is such a great expansion of the Half-Life world. And I really hope that whatever Valve does next with VR is in line with Half-Life Alex because it is so... It genuinely is a revel a revelation a revolution, man. Can't speak. It's a revolution for VR that I just I really hope gets followed up. I know not many people can play it, and I really do hope that it comes to something like PSVR. If like say the PS5 is, I believe the PS5 would be capable of being able to run 
this game. So I really do hope that more people get a chance to play it because I think it is just so incredible in its storytelling, especially in VR, that I think is just, it's, it's uncontested. Great. Cool. I think we've gotten through the, uh, the bulk of our lists, uh, but I think we can save our top three picks for next week. So with that, thank you for tuning in to part one of Press YYZ's Game of the Year 2020 coverage. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to check us out on Twitch, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, click that subscribe button on YouTube, and follow us over on Twitter at PressYYZ, where we can keep you up to date with everything going on with the show. And of course, you can find the rest of us on social media as well. Alexander Kazina, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Alex Kozina. Baby boy Alex Ballant, where are you? Find me on Instagram at blatantlyalex and Twitter blatantly underscore Alex. Nathan, where are you on the internet uh, socials? Follow me at the underscore nmac on Twitter and Instagram. Finally, AJ Fraser. You can find me all over the internet at Time Zero, capital T, capital H. I'm everywhere. You can find me at Mr. Mitch George. And until next time, thanks for playing. Take care, guys.